Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 17. Our focus is going to be verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Let's begin in verse 8, Romans chapter 1. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may mutually encourage, be encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some spiritual harvest from you, as well as from the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, and so I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome." For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, a few weeks ago we were camping as a family up north and it was one of those days when you didn't really know what the weather would be. It was a day where it began with sun but there were a lot of heavy thunderstorms that were forecast. And we sat on the beach, it was a, a beautiful day in the morning, we sat on the beach and we saw these storms go by to the north of us. And it seemed for a time that those storms would entirely miss us. I was sitting there and I was looking at the sky and suddenly across the sky there was a line that appeared. And at first I thought it was a line of blue. But it was like something I had never seen in my life. It was, it was a, a line that was drawn, but it was not a blue-blue, but it was more of a gray turquoise. And as I looked at the sky, I looked at that line, I realized that that line was moving very quickly and it was not a line of good weather coming towards us, it was a line of very bad weather. And soon after, we were hit with an incredibly powerful storm, hail, heavy, heavy rains, high, high winds. It was one of those storms where you wondered if the trees were going to come over, whether the leaves were going to be stripped. It was actually felt like fall. The leaves were coming down because of that hail. And brothers and sisters, when you have a storm, you are made to think how quickly things can change in your life. And maybe for some of you, you've 
experienced that. Everything was going well for a time. Everything seemed to be going peacefully. The sun was out. And then suddenly things changed very, very quickly. And that can happen on a personal level, can it? It can happen, you hear the the news perhaps that you have a disease. You hear the news that you've lost your job. Perhaps something else has happened in your life and then suddenly your life is turned upside down. We can also say that storms in our society and storms in, in the life that we live as a church can also be turned upside down very quickly. And over the last months and over the last years, we certainly have seen our share of change. And in some ways, it feels like a heavy wind is blowing. It feels like there are changes that we have never seen before. Ideas and concepts that were considered good and honorable, today they're seen as old-fashioned, they're seen as out of date. Whereas in the past, Christianity oftentimes was seen as something that was respectable, at least a respectable option. Many times today, it's, it's ridiculed, isn't it? Well, brothers and sisters, we're looking at the book of Romans this morning, and this book, as you know, was written to those who lived in Rome. You read the title, the letter of Paul to the Romans, we know that these were folks who lived in one of the the biggest and the baddest, we can say, cities in the world. Modern day Rome in the time of the apostle Paul was a a place to behold. If any of you have ever has, if any of you have ever had an opportunity to go see Rome, it's, it's truly even today a spectacular place the ruins of a a great and amazing city, a cultural city, a powerful city. It was a city where really, we could say it was the type of sin city of the modern world, where where sin and decadence were celebrated. And the description that Paul gives a little bit later is very striking, isn't it? As it talks about the culture of the Romans, the the way that they lived. But brothers and sisters, in a lot of ways we can say it's, it's very similar to the day and age that we live in today. They were very open minded. They were very open to the ideas, any ideas that were coming to them. They were folk that we're not very discerning. And as we look at these words today, as we look at what is being said by the Apostle Paul, we need to realize that really Paul was speaking to a very hard world. Sometimes we wonder how it is that we are to share our faith, how it is that we are to live our life out in a world that is against us. Well, it's a bit of a new concept for us. But for the Christians who were living in Rome, this was not a new idea. This was something that they understood. This is something that they knew. And the Apostle Paul here was encouraging them to understand the times that they lived in and understand the place that God had given to them as a church. And that's what I want to see with you this morning, the place that you have been given in the world that we live in today, an anti-Christian world, a woke world, a world that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see three things very simply 
what Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Secondly, we're going to see why, because it's the power of God unto salvation. And then thirdly, to everyone who believes. Every person who believes, it's the power of God for salvation. We're going to begin with what Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, brothers and sisters, when you are ashamed of something, you don't want everyone to know about it. Now, kids, maybe you've had it in your life that you've done something that you didn't want anyone to know about. Maybe you, you did something. Maybe you took something you should have or you, you, you did something your parents told you not to do. Now, maybe you, you felt ashamed of that. Maybe you, you, you knew better and you, you felt ashamed and later on you went to your parents, but maybe in the moment you didn't say anything. You, you kept quiet. That's what we tend to do, right, when we're ashamed of something. We don't say anything. We do that as adults as well. Sometimes when, when we've lived or done something, we don't want to express that to others. We don't want to confess that. We don't want to bring it into the light. And we know Scripture tells us that's not what we're supposed to do, is it? We are supposed to confess our sin. We are supposed to bring it into the light. But here the Apostle Paul is saying loud and clear, he is saying, I am excited to announce the good news of Jesus to you. Boldly, freely, to anyone and to everyone, anytime, any place, I am excited about the good news of the gospel. Now we need to ask the question, why was this? How was it that Paul could have this kind of confidence? Now, if you're visiting with us this morning, you may not know the backstory on the Apostle Paul. Now, formerly his name was Saul. Formerly he was a man who was very much against the Christian church. In fact, he hated the Christian church with a passion. In fact, he hated them so much that he actively and eagerly was going after them. He was in charge of persecuting the church. You go back to Acts chapter 7, you go back to Acts chapter 9. When Stephen was stoned, we know the apostle Paul was there and he was agreeing with it. He was leading the charge in a sense. And we know that he was very much a man who hated Jesus Christ. We can say he was hardcore anti-Christian. Yet in Acts chapter 9, we read the story of how God changed the life of the Apostle Paul. How he stopped him in his tracks, how he came to know Jesus Christ, how his life was radically transformed. Now, I'd suggest that you read with your kids when you go home today at lunchtime, read that story with them. But for the Apostle Paul, the, the reality of living in Jesus Christ, the reality and the power of the gospel for him was something that had touched his life. Directly, powerfully, undeniably, we can say. And we know that this is something that God had done in his life, that God had worked in this powerful way. God had chosen, it says, you go back to verse 1, that he was appointed, Paul had, had been appointed for this very task. He had, he had been set aside specifically 
Well, brothers and sisters, we need to stop right here this morning. And we need to make the observation that sometimes those who are furthest or seemingly furthest away from the kingdom actually are closer than we think. Sometimes those who are very much pushing back against Christianity, those who perhaps attack you at work, sometimes it's because they actually have doubts about what they believe. We need to understand that there is nothing impossible with God. God is a a powerful God. If, If God could change a person like the Apostle Paul, if God could work in a miraculous way to transform his heart and his mind, brothers and sisters, there's no one that God can't touch. Maybe you're thinking of someone in your life right now. Maybe there's someone who's in opposition to what you believe at work. Maybe there's someone in your family that attacks you every time you have that family reunion. Brothers and sisters, God is all-powerful. He knows how to save sinners. Pray for that person. The Apostle Paul, he was a man that was transformed. There was no doubt about it. And now he wanted to share with everyone what Christ had done. He wanted to speak clearly to everyone. And he says in verse 15, he mentions the the wise and the unwise, the foolish and the learned. And we know Paul himself was a man that was highly educated. He was a man that had a, a great education. We can say he had one of the best educations in his time. And he says here that, yes, there are things that I learned from the past from those who gave me my education. He says there are things that I learned also from the Greeks, from those who did not know God, those who had no knowledge of God. And what Paul is saying here, brothers and sisters, is that there are things that we can learn from those outside of the church. Some of you here this morning have gone to college and you have gone to university and Perhaps you're encouraging your kids to do that, to to go on in study. I think that's a good thing. We need to develop our minds. We need to develop our thinking, our ability, our our reading. Today, if there's a a lack in our society, it's it's this lack of of being able to think critically, being able to consider ideas and to to really think about them and then to, to, to understand where we stand on them, to come to your own convictions. But brothers and sisters, we know that if we go to the world and we are taught in the world, there are certain things that they can teach you. But the Apostle Paul is saying, look, I have studied, I have known certain things, I have received this education, yet there is something that the world knows nothing about. There is a side of education that can only be taught in the church, can only be known through Jesus Christ. You see, that education doesn't prepare you to have a relationship with God. It can help you understand the physical world, but not the spiritual one. And this is why the Apostle Paul unashamedly was willing to lay his life on the line to the Romans in Rome. Again, this was the center of the world. This is like the New York of the modern world. He went downtown. He went to the heart. 
and he publicly and unashamedly spoke of Jesus Christ. And why did he go, brothers and sisters? He went because this was a message that came from God himself, a message of, of transformation and hope. Brothers and sisters, this is a, a truth that we need to be reminded of as the church today, don't we? Our faith isn't just another option on a, in a whole spectrum of truth, one, truth, one of the, the many options that are out there today. Remember the words of Jesus, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. As believers, this is what we are called to share with the world, unashamedly, boldly, with confidence. And sometimes we use the word believer to to refer to Christians only. Brothers and sisters, really... Every person that we know, everyone is a believer in something. They're putting their faith in something or someone. Maybe it's in themselves. Maybe that they're good people. Maybe that they're through their own living the life that they live, they feel fairly confident. We need to understand, brothers and sisters, that this isn't enough. Sooner or later, those in the world are going to have to come to the point where they understand that they have a a need for an eternal God. We need to realize, brothers and sisters, that there are those all around us that are looking for answers. There are. I think post-COVID, we have one of the greatest opportunities in the modern age to share the good news of the gospel. People are looking for answers. People are wondering, especially after going through what we've gone through. They're wondering, what is there? Is there more to life than this? So first of all, brothers and sisters, we're not to be ashamed of the gospel. But Paul secondly goes on and he gives the reason that he's not ashamed. He says, it is because of the power of the gospel for salvation. Now, what does he mean by this, brothers and sisters? What does he mean by the power of God? Well, what Paul is talking about here is is what happens when the gospel begins to take hold of your life. When God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to work in your heart. Now, we know oftentimes we don't understand this completely, but we understand that God begins to work long before, oftentimes long before we may even hear a gospel message. Softening our heart, making us receptive to God's leading. Sometimes that's through the orchestrating of an event in your life, so you're made to see your need for God. Sometimes it's through something very bad happening to you in your life. Many of the people that I have seen come to Christ are those who have hit rock bottom. They've lost their business. Something tragic has happened in their life. Maybe it's through something like a baby being born. I've met people like that who, for the first time, began to think about what they would teach the next generation when they held that first baby in their arms. It's like I have nothing to teach them. What what am I going to do now? 
But whatever it is, the the Lord begins to work through the the Spirit in our life. But there needs to, to come a point where that message of the gospel is heard. Romans 10 speaks of faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And brothers and sisters, even though it might be a beautiful Sunday morning, it might, the, the, the creation around us might be shouting out the reality of a creator. Brothers and sisters, we know that that's not enough. Today we hear of something called nature therapy. I don't know if you've heard of this, but you know, we're being encouraged to go out into the woods and spend four or five hours without our phones, without any technology, just to to listen to the trees, to get away from it all. Brothers and sisters, often for ourselves as Christians, a lot of us know about nature therapy. We call it camping, we call it vacation, uh, we call it by a different name or term. And it's a good thing, isn't it? It's good to get away, it's good to, to get outside of that busy schedule that you're in. But brothers and sisters, you might be able to go to the most beautiful place in the world. You might be able to camp on a virgin beach in Mexico. You might be able to go to the the northern islands and do a fly-in trip, fishing trip. And no doubt as a Christian, that is going to shout out to you, God exists. And it will provide a certain element of rest and relaxation. Perhaps a, a, a relationship remembering who God is. But brothers and sisters, we know that that is not enough, is it? It's not enough just to look at creation. We need to understand the gospel message. The negative of the gospel message, we've talked about that a little bit already, the the need for repentance, the need to recognize our own sin, the need to, to understand that before an almighty God, someday we will need to appear. Children, young people, that's for you as well. Every one of us will appear before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that. And God calls us to repent of our sin. God calls us to fall on our knees before Him and confess that sin to Him and to turn from that sin. That's what repentance means, doesn't it? It means that we're walking in one direction with all of our heart and then when God begins to change us, He turns us to completely go the opposite direction. It's not just words that come out of our mouth. And when we understand the negative of the gospel, we'll also understand the positive that Christ saves us. That salvation is possible only through the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That He bore our sins, that He took our place, that He did something that we could never do. Brothers and sisters, Christ has accomplished that for us. One author said it this way, he said, The gospel is used by God in quickening dead sinners, enlightening blind eyes, in unstopping deaf ears, in softening hard hearts, in making of enemies friends. All of this is done suddenly, secretly, effectually, and by love and not force. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you have come to know that truth this morning, that you personally have come to faith in Jesus Christ, 
You see, for a lot of us, we've grown up in the church. A lot of us have heard these things again and again. And let me say to you, from personal experience, it's easy to begin to tune it out. Young people, you can maybe hear these things and you kind of turn that switch on off when you get into the service on Sunday mornings. Remember, God is calling to you today to come follow me. Brothers and sisters, when you come to know Jesus Christ, when you come to know what true repentance looks like, when you understand who Jesus is and you understand what a joy it is to serve him, big changes take place in your life. From walking in the darkness to now walking in the light, the sins that perhaps consumed you in the past, by God's grace, you're now able to leave. Brothers and sisters, as we look at the world around us, we see so many who are consumed by, the God, by their, their sins. They need the gospel message, don't they? Brothers and sisters, we need to believe, we need to understand that God is working today. God is changing lives today. Just in the last few weeks, we've had just some tremendous opportunities personally to see the power of the gospel at work. And brothers and sisters, this is one of the joys of being a missionary and working in missions. To see people who who come to know the Lord, people whose lives have been transformed. One couple that we worked with years ago, their names were Omar and Itzel, a couple that were actually at the point of breaking up. I was having a Bible study on one side of the wall in an apartment and I could hear the fighting through the wall. The couple that I was with, they said, Rich, perhaps you can go over and talk to them about their marriage. They ended up knocking on their door. They said, hey, Pastor Rich is here. If there's anything that he can do, he'd love to talk to you. They actually, if you can believe this, they actually opened their door and they said, please, we need help. Over a series of studies and days and weeks, it was amazing to see how God began to change their lives. Brought them back together, began to work on their marriage, began to come to church, began to understand what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand this. God is changing lives today. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying, look, there's a power in the gospel. There's a transformative power. God changes life. He works in us. He, He turns us from the darkness and brings us into the light. And he says that this gospel, he's not ashamed of. He understands the power of, and he says this gospel, brothers and sisters, is for everyone. He says, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, brothers and sisters, we know the story in the Old Testament of how God worked in the Jewish nation. Wonderful story. The blessing that they had of being God's people, how they received his word, how they received the prophets who were sent to them time and time again. But we know with the coming of Christ, God graciously opened the doors to the Greeks 
those who knew nothing, those who had no knowledge of the truth. But Paul's point is this, that the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's not just for the Greeks, but the gospel is for everyone. This is an amazing statement, isn't it? Paul is saying for every person in this world, for every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every individual in this world needs to hear the gospel, needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what does this mean? This means, first of all, it's for those who have never heard, those who know nothing of the gospel. You guys, as a church, have no doubt prayed for James Folkerts. James Folkerts is one of our pastors who has been serving in Uganda in Karamoja. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to go and visit there. Brothers and sisters, one of the darkest places I have ever been in my life. The gospel is for Karamoja, Uganda. The gospel is for places that have never heard the good news of Jesus. We can say the gospel is also for those who are enslaved and enchained in sin, wherever that may be. Today we've mentioned those even in our own society that are affected by drugs and by alcohol. Uh, Our church in Brantford has an incredible number of homeless people, people who are so severely affected by the ravages of of drug use. So sad to see. But brothers and sisters, we need to understand that the gospel is for drug users. The gospel is for every person enslaved and enchained in sin. Through the gospel, there is power to be set free. We can say the gospel is also for the church. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday afternoon, you hear the name of Jesus repeated to you again and again. Why is that, brothers and sisters? It's because the name of Jesus is to be proclaimed. The gospel message needs to be proclaimed faithfully in this place every Sunday. That's the calling we've been given as pastors. The church needs to hear the gospel. We can say the gospel is for all of the nation that we live in, for southern Ontario, for wealthy, sophisticated, individualistic, tree-hugging, woke, anti-Christian Southern Ontario, the gospel needs to go out. And brothers and sisters, we need to remember that there is a hole, there is an emptiness in the heart of every one of us here that can only be filled in Jesus Christ. Remember this as you go out into the work world this week, that every one of your friends and colleagues at work has this same void. I was recently speaking with someone that works with people in the, the, the top level of society, someone who works with the best in Canada in the business world with extremely successful people, people who make a ton of money. Yet even there, brothers and sisters, there is such a brokenness, such sadness, such a need for hope and redemption. 
John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came that you might have life and you might have it in abundance. So brothers and sisters, that is the message that we are called to share as the church of Jesus Christ today. As we close this morning, I want to ask you very simply, is this who you are? Are you known to be a person of faith? You know, we can work in the world. We might have a, a great business. You might, known to be, might be known to be a, a great businessman. But do people know you as a man or woman of faith? You know, we talked at the beginning of being ashamed of the gospel. One of the best ways to be, show that we're not proud of something is to keep our mouth closed. Are you silent about your faith or are you willing to speak with others about what you believe? We need to remember that God has placed us in a position to share that uniquely. You have friends, you have colleagues, you have people that you know that your pastor, that your elders will never get to know. Young people, God has placed you in a unique position to speak about the good news of the gospel. And remember, we're to do that with gentleness and respect, not with a fist in the air, not angry at the world. But as we've seen today, showing to everyone that there is room for them in the kingdom. So as we close, remember this. Christ calls you this morning to not be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for these words, these words of hope, Father, in a world that is lacking hope. Father, so many today are anxious, so many today are depressed. And Father, we pray, Lord, that as we live our lives as Christians, Father, we would reflect the hope that we see in Jesus Christ. Lord, in the way that we work, in the way that we go out and be diligent about the things you've given us to do. Lord, in the way that we run our businesses, in the way that we do our work to others, that they would see there's something different in us. But Father, we pray also that you would give us the desire and the ability to to open our mouths, to not be silent about what we believe. And Father, sometimes we fear to do this, we confess. But Lord, we pray that as a church of Jesus Christ, as the church in Aylmer, Father, we would be known as a church that loves you, that loves the gospel, and that shares that gospel with those around us. Father, use us powerfully, we pray. 
in this generation, in this time, in this moment, for your name's sake, for your glory, for your honor, we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.